All right, welcome to another edition of the Personal Branding Podcast. I'm your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. In this particular episode, we're looking at how to transition from your personal brand to a corporate brand. The pros and cons, SEOs, advantages, disadvantages, what you must do as a freelancer, as a startup entrepreneur. This is the podcast episode for you. My guest today is Tim Brown, now the CEO of Cook Agency. Tim, welcome to the podcast show. Hey, thanks, Bernard. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure I treasure. Yes, sir. <laughs> Me too. All right, Tim, let's get a little bit uh, about who Tim is as owner of uh, Hook Agency. How do you get into business? Uh, a little bit about your background and into branding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I am a web designer originally by trade, and I've kind of expanded to offer other marketing services. But um, I started in college, and I started with a very personal brand, Tim B. Design. And basically, it was just my name plus the thing I did. <laughs> so there's kind of this period of time for a long time where it was my it was all about my personality and it was up about me as an individual. And I learned a ton from that. And actually, I did very good work with that personal brand for five or six years. And then eventually, I wanted to transition to being a little bit less about me just because I was adding other team members. So I've added two other team members and I'm a, I'm about to add a third. So it'll be a four person team and it just it wouldn't make sense to be under Tim B Design anymore because that was my you know that's my name. So it just was one of those kind of obvious switches that I had to make and it was difficult when I had to make it. Great. So Tim, now let's look at how do one begin to build a personal brand using your tangent your perspective how do one begin to build a personal yeah. brand as a startup entrepreneur as a freelancer how can i build a personal brand yeah absolutely i think it's all about content for me i think creating content um whether it be by social media and making videos or whether it be podcasting whether it be blogging for me, I found a rhythm on blogging very rhythmically and regularly. And I did, I would promote those, those posts on social media as well. And eventually, you know, I moved on to video and podcasting and things like that. But for a long time, I really feel like I got a lot of traction with just blogging and just giving my own personal take on things and kind of specializing in a few areas and really pushing it out there like that. I think content is massive, especially because you can do it without spending a lot of money on advertising. Okay, so the key thing that Tim is introducing here in building your brand is content. He believes content is the most critical thing you need uh, you know, to establish or build a brand. And for him, uh, blogging was the juice for him. Yours might be any other pl platform or content you might want to use. Now the question here is, Tim, someone is starting out as a freelancer and want to build a brand. I'm not good with content per se. I'm, a blogging is not a thing for me. Which platform or what medium should I use? I'm not good at churning out content, but I'm a creative photographer. I'm a creative artist. Yeah. Um, what do I need to do? Yeah, I think that um, it really, you know, it depends on what your strengths are and where you play well. You know, frankly, I've been doing a lot of videos lately, and I'm not even positive that video is like my absolute best thing. Um, you experiment with a bunch of different stuff. Um, I think if you're a photographer, 
you should try that. But I, I do think you should try blogging. I do think you should, no matter what your your main thing is, I think you should try the other things just in case that there's, you know, something that, that you didn't know that you were good at, that you are good at. And I think trying a lot of different things. And the good part is if you do a video, you can also make that into a blog post. And if you do a podcast, you can also make that into an Instagram you know, stories, sequence or whatever, you know, you can always rehash and recycle content. But I think like trying a bunch of different things and figuring out what suits you. And part of it is the audience reaction. But I think that there's one thing, it's like audience reaction on social media. And then there's the other thing, which is the slow burn or the slow buildup, which is how does, how does this content or, you know, your photography or whatever, how does it attract people from search engines? So there's two things. There's the social media reaction, which sometimes for me, some of the content can be low. And then there's the Google reaction, which is the three month, six month version. How much traffic does that get after three or six months? Mm. So it's not always immediate. Sometimes it's the slow burn. Sometimes it's the slow buildup. All right, so um, you mentioned two things as I said, context. Yeah, I also believe like what you mentioned. Some, sometimes you just need to try and experiment and explore before you really know what you might even be good or great at. Exactly. And so until you do that, you you just be staying in your comfort zone and thinking there's only the the best for that I cannot use. And also, how do one build uh, have the patience to wait for Google reaction? You are an SEO expert as well. How do I begin to build my SEO juice to help my content to be able to surface and thrive and also get a good feedback on that? Yeah, I think that the it is something that requires patience. So it is something where the the time that it takes often discourages people from caring about it. Um, but to have the patience, I think, you know, it's really about create content groups or content neighborhoods, um, you are not going to win with one-off blog posts. And the reason why I say that is because there's this, there's this benefit when somebody is writing about a particular topic time after time after time, like let's say personal branding. If you're writing about personal branding time after time after time, that's when Google starts to respect stuff. So, you know, you start with, you know, what, what people am I trying to help? And then you move to what is the very first thing that they need to do? And then you move to what are the remaining steps required for them to reach their goals? And each one of those things can be a blog post. So once you outline who are you trying to reach, you know, what's their next step and what, what is their main goal? And then what are the remaining steps? You're able to essentially take each one of those steps that they would have to implement and turn those into a piece of content. So the way that you have patience on that would be, it'd be enjoying what you do. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, it's because it's an age old you know, thing, but if you enjoy what you do, you can withstand the inevitable hardships that come with consistently showing up and writing about the same topics over and over and over again. And if you like what you do, if you're passionate about what you do, 
And ideally, if you're making money with what you do too, then it's going to be really easy to have that patience because you, you recognize, okay, Google and people searching on Google, it's a very valid way to get new customers. And it is probably for, you know, just stepping out of this for a second, it's my biggest way of getting customers that I have control over. So I'm okay with the fact that it will take me a while, you know? So basically it's one of those things where I know it requires patience, but because I understand how much benefit it is to me and my business, because there's money at the end, to be honest, <laughs> and because I like it, I mean, I like what I do. It's not that hard um, to have that patience. Now it doesn't, you know, patience by itself isn't going to get you very far because if you just sit there and you don't blog and you don't consistently put out stuff, you know, it's, it's not patience. It's, you're going to die. You know, you're, your website's going to die and you're not, your business is going to die. So patience and hard work, but it's like where to apply that hard work. And that's why it's so important to target your content and to really understand who you're writing for and understand what they need and try to help them. Even if, even if they pay you to do this work, if you help them do the first two, three steps, and make it as easy as possible. Don't make it sound confusing. Make those first two, three steps easy, super easy, because then they start the process, they realize how much work it is, and then maybe they'll hand off the work. So, you know, what if you're a photographer and you're just trying to, you know, get that personal brand up there and it, it's maybe how do I make it as easy as possible for them to maybe take the first one or two steps towards getting decent photography. And I know that that's hard, especially for photographers because they, they want a, you know, they think that what they do is not that much better. No, so I'm, I'm just saying some people, some photographers feel like this is not, I'm not that much better than somebody with their, you know, decent camera, but that's not true, man. <laughs> photographers like a real good photographer has I mean that's those photos are so much better and I have an I have an awesome camera and I'm not I'm not a photographer there I don't know what I'm doing and like even this um setup that I've got a, a camera setup it's just not I don't I don't know how to wield it so I want to hire a photographer to take headshots for our company but I don't I, I can't do it myself and I don't know how to do the post editing, even though I'm like a graphic designer, like I'm the guy that should be able to do it myself if it's easy. Right. But that's just, that comes down to how can I help that person with the first one, two or three steps on getting those photos. And then essentially at the end of that content say, Hey, if you don't want to do it yourself, if you don't want all the trouble, if you don't want to learn all of this, Give the business to me. I'd love to help you. You know, it's going to take you a lot less time. And for these people that have the money, time is a, a big selling point. So for me right now, I need more time. <laughs> so I would love to pay somebody to give me uh, good quality photography. But I just, you know, it's it's one of those things where 
if I had experienced, if I had read about photography on somebody's personal blog, I'd be much more likely to give them that business. So yeah, that's the overall principle. It's like you really have to identify who those ideal customers are though. Cause otherwise you don't know what to write about and just writing about stuff that you like is not real content marketing. Just writing about stuff you like is, is fun, but it's not going to give you the right customers. Cause if I, sorry, I, I know I'm kind of ranting here, but, um, I blogged for a long time about graphic design fonts and WordPress development because I cared about it and I like it. And I feel like people like me need it. Do you know what I mean? So like our blog is filled with stuff for people doing the exact same thing as us. But those aren't our ideal customers at all. So like, I'm glad I did it because it taught me about blogging and I had a fun time, but those aren't our actual customers. <laughs> our actual customers are marketing directors and marketing managers and, and business owners. So I had to step back from writing about stuff that I liked and start writing about stuff that I feel like really served our audience. And that's fun in its own way. It's fun in its own way because I know it actually attracts customers because I hear people on the phone that talk to me that come to our business and has said, thank you for writing those blog posts. And I know that sounds silly and it doesn't happen that often, but literally people do say they've read our blog posts and that's how they got to us. So I know it's real. It so, just takes time. So Tim, how did you find your sweet spot? Uh, what do you love to blog about and what yeah. who your I ideal clients yeah. are? How, how do you... Well, we able to find a sweet spot to now eventually yeah. meet their needs. Yeah, and I that's why I like I kind of feel bad saying don't blog about stuff to you like just for you because I think you should weave that stuff in. It just shouldn't be your only content. So I think letting at the beginning, if you haven't blogged at all, this is my caveat. Do blog about stuff you like because if you haven't started, that's the best way to start. Exactly it easier yeah just get started like because if you if you really like something yes it's a lot easier to get up and write i've already got a habit for writing that's why i can write about stuff that's like more about the customer and not as much about me but if you're just starting get started just start typing this morning start typing this afternoon start typing at 2 a.m in the morning it doesn't matter just get started but finding the sweet spot it really is a lot easier when you when you get 10 blog posts out there and then you're looking at your your Google Analytics or your page views. It's it's easier at that point because I mean that's why I say just get started because analytics and page views like on you know if you're in WordPress or whatever you're on um, you can see what the demand is for. You can see what people are getting to more on Google. And then you can essentially just create more content like that. Um, I found a sweet spot at the beginning, like I said, just by blogging about stuff I liked. Um, I, re I remember Googling something and being like, why isn't there a result for this? <laughs> I'm like, fonts for graphic designers. Font, hipster fonts. You know, I'm like, what, like, 
why isn't there a blog here? And then that's when I, I took it in my mind. I was like, when I see that, it's time for me to write the blog. And that was the way I started. And that is a very good way to get started because you know from your own experience that you wanted that piece of content but couldn't find it. So I think to get started and to find a, um, a, a little bit of a rhythm there at the beginning, blog about stuff that you would have wanted. So that goes directly against my other advice, but it's my, my kind of my get start advice. And then, and then eventually you have to figure out, okay, so what do my ideal customers want? I think that there is a get started advice and then there's a, all right, now I, I'm in a content rhythm. How do I evolve it to the next thing? And that's when you really start looking at ideal customers for your service. Now, Tim, how did you transition from using your personal brand to build your business to now a corporate brand? What has been the advantage or the disadvantage you might want to advise yeah. uh, listeners on? Absolutely. So people still come to us as hook agency, and I'm still the face of the, the company. I still do videos all the time. I still I put myself out there and stuff like that. So this is a transitioning period where I'm still at the very forefront of this company and I probably will be for the next couple of years. Like I, my, yeah. my face and my personal brand is still up front. It's just the logo and the name that's changed. You know, the logo and the name has changed because the long-term game is to pull myself back a little bit and let the other people in the company shine. But you can't do that abruptly, especially when you've had this company. I've had this brand for six years. It's not appropriate for me to really quickly just put myself in the back and put these other people up there because it's been a selling advantage. And, and I've, you know, I've used it to go speak places. I've used it. I've written two books. I've done this podcast. I do a video series, you know, two different video series. And so there's kind of like this momentum and this residual buildup that you still want to wield when you're moving into your other company. And I'm not going to lie. I see major drawbacks to having the company name instead of the personal name. Those drawbacks are around, I think, social media in particular. People respond to individuals on social media. Right, right. People respond to your face, to my face, and they say, that's a human being. I like that. And when you're a brand and you just have a logo up there, they go, ugh, I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be interacted with by a company. So there's kind of like this, there's this negative there, which is social media is harder. People care less about companies on social media. They, uh, they, and, and I mean that, that to me is not a, uh, like a story that's clear cut with me, with our company in the transition. The good part for me is people are going to expect to spend a little bit more money with the company versus an individual and a personal brand. They're going to, they're going to plan to spend freelancer money <laughs> and with the company, they're going to plan to spend, comp you know, agency money. 
So like there's this difference in what they what they expect that things will cost. And to be honest, that was a bigger benefit to me than the the social media thing. The social media thing I do think is important. So I don't think you should willy-nilly quickly switch over to company brand ever. But like the other thing, the expectation around, you know, company process and it being about the process is another one. So it's about the process now, not about the individual and their talent. And then the money that they expect to spend. And then I think overall, the long-term game is that I would be able to sell this company if I, if I would needed to. And the name Tippy Design, I can't sell that. Yeah. You can't sell own name company. So, you know, that's a 10-year game, but it's a real concern. And it's just the way people perceive you, I think. So it's like the, the personal brand served me very well. And I think it got me an in. So like if I say if I say that it's a lower amount that they expect to spend, that also means they're really the the um, threshold for what people think they have to have to be able to interact with you is low. They'll they'll just contact you quick, right? Because it's just an individual, and they'll just say, "Hey, can I, you know, can you help me with this couple hundred dollar project or whatever?" So like, in a way, it's a good thing if you if you want that. If you want people with a little bit, if you're okay with people with smaller budgets. And you just want to get that engine roaring with people coming in through your site. I think the freelancer and the personal brand, that can be a really great spot because people don't feel like they have to have a big budget to contact you. Yeah, so I think that like the long-term thing and kind of the association with the company was a big switch. And it's, it is a good thing. It's a good thing because people take us a little bit more seriously yes. yeah. because of the, the company name versus the individual name. And, you know, honestly, I kind of care about that. I kind of care about the way I'm perceived in the industry. And like I said, just having, you know, four people instead of one, it, it makes sense to have that company name, I think. Awesome. So Tim, um, let's look at this. Let's round up. Um, um, having successfully able to transition from a personal brand to help drive your corporate brand now with a long-term goal of, I mean, selling a company, whatever the advantage it has for you. What would be your, I ask, your billion-dollar advice on branding, personal and corporate branding for a freelancer today listening to us? What would be your uh, billion-dollar advice for them? What are their tips? What do you want to offer them? An actual freelancer, don't pretend to be a, a agency. Don't pretend to be a company. It's not, it doesn't help you enough. Do you know what I mean? Like it helps me because I've got three or four other employees, but it doesn't help a small guy. And people feel that if they meet up with you at a coffee shop and you're freelancing, you know, they're going to be like, why is this guy pretending to be a company? Like a five, you know, it, it feels weird, I think, to people. And I've talked to people about that before and they do find that a little weird sometimes. Um, I I love freelancing, by the way. I found freelancing to be actually amazing. Um, and I would suggest doing that for 
like if you can do decent at freelancing and get enough business, I don't think you have to switch to agency brands. Some people just would prefer to, you know, find and get enough work for just them. And when you're when you're running an agency, you have to find and get enough work for the four people that you're doing work with, you know, the people in your team. You have to go and find new work for all those people too. So it's it's actually it's time intensive. So there is an appropriate place to ramp it up. I found that my first five or six years as a personal brand was really good for me. I think freelancing is awesome and having a personal brand for that is is extremely cool. And I'll be honest, like if you can, I found it to be a wonderful thing to be able to talk to my employer at the time and say, is it, is it okay if I freelance on the side? I did that. I made sure that that was okay with them because it, you know, they were, they weren't paying me like top dollar. So my, the agency I worked for before, they gave me a salary, but it wasn't like, like I could get more elsewhere. So I kind of used that as a barger, bargaining chip. I said, is it okay if I freelance on the side? And I think that's a great way to, you know, Keep yourself sharp on some of the business aspects of what you're doing, even if you work for an agency. And I think full-time freelance can be a wonderful thing. And personal branding is absolutely crucial to that. You know, and that's not just your logo, your website. That's trying to find places to speak at an, a meetup or an event. And I think it's, you know, the blogging thing that we talked about. And I think it's really just being out there in the community and being available to people and going to events and, you know, saying hi and showing yourself on social media and those kind of things. So I think it's super useful. And I would suggest that if you are freelancing that you do, like even if it's five or 10 years, I don't think that you have to feel the pressure to move, to turn yourself into an agency. That was just what I wanted to do. And that was, that was right for me. And I think it does become obvious when that's, when that's actually right for you, if you're starting to hire people, um, it becomes a little bit more obvious that that's probably the best way to go. Awesome. Yeah, Tim, where can listeners find you? Yeah, um, hookagency.com and twitter.com slash hookagency. Same on Instagram and Facebook. So just sl- whatever it is slash hook agency and you know say hi and feel free to check out our blog um appreciate you having me on bernard awesome so this is a take home from tim brown guiding your personal and corporate brand as well as a freelancer one uh, you need to be consistent in whatever you're doing with your blogging whatever platform you want to choose make sure you are consistent with that and in that, make sure you're doing what you love. That is the first starting juice for you. Then you can transition to find your customers. That's your sweet spot. What they need, what you love to share, and what they really need. And with that, he mentioned that you need analytics or you need data to prove that that this is really what people want to know or want to buy from. And because that is most essential. And in all this, you need to have patience and keep on giving value. And one way to give value also to also ensure that you're offering some paid services to customers and clients who come to you. You have some free services, free things for them, but you have a paid service because at the end of the day, you need to pay your bills and you need to make make a living out of what you do. 
and also above all ensure that you enjoy what you do so these are the tips uh, from Tim Brown regarding building a successful personal brand using blog approach and sharing the content which is massive especially online and for SEO reasons if you enjoyed this episode just head on to iTunes and give us a good positive review or go to www.dkc.name and let us know how this has been helpful to you the best is yours